Well, I kind of grew up in a musical household. My both my mother and father, mother and father, are music lovers. My father actually was the first to teach me uh, how to read rhythm or how to read music, basically, because he played drums a little bit, you know, when he was in the service and uh, when he was young, and always practiced with a little practice pad. So I started on that when I was about seven years old. Uh, it was after I saw a friend, a neighborhood friend, a guy who lived a couple of doors down, play in a in an elementary school talent show that I decided I want to learn how to play the guitar. I didn't really know the difference between the bass and the guitar at that time. I just saw him playing a guitar and decided to ask him to teach me to play. And so when I asked him, uh, I said, well, can you teach me how to play the guitar? And he said, you want to learn how to play the lead guitar or the bass guitar? And I said, well, what do you play? And he said, well, I play the bass. He said, I play the bass. And I said, well, I want to learn how to play the bass then. That's actually how I got to be a bass player. Well, of course, my father was a, a, a big jazz fan. So I had been hearing jazz music my entire life and was aware of it. And of course, he encouraged me to get involved with learning to play jazz music. Uh, the guy who taught me, a guy named Angus Thomas, who is, we're still great friends, um, he uh, taught me songs from many different genres. The first song was Thank You For Letting Me Be Myself uh, by Sly and the Family Stone. It wasn't the version that uh, Larry Graham played, but it was a simpler version. Um, but that, uh, Led Zeppelin, um, uh, the Staple Singers, uh, uh, a Cisco Kid by War, the band War. And so there was, I was really learning a lot of different kinds of music from the beginning. Of course, my mother loved Motown and, and, uh, and James Brown. So, you know, all of those became influences. And I was one of the really lucky musicians to learn kind of all of the different genres of music or many different genres of music kind of from the beginning. I think it's very important, man, that that children learn music. I think it's it helps with all walks of life. As I said, I went to a really great you know high school. I went away to college for a year outside of Chicago and studied music. Played with a lot of different bands. Didn't do as much schoolwork as I should have, but I you know I got a, a really good uh, in high school and in that year of college. I got a lot of really great music education. I came back to Chicago after a year and started playing around in the Chicago music scene. And one of the musicians that I played a lot with was Vincent Wilburn Jr. He's a drummer who was also Miles's nephew. And so um, uh, we used to, you know, obviously we talked about, you know, his connection to Miles. And at one point he went and recorded Man with the Horn with Miles. And of course, when he, when he came back, we were all asking him, well, what was it like to play, you know, to, to, to record with Miles? And and he later, you know, a few years later, he went and uh, he went on tour with Miles. I think it was in Japan. Pretty sure it was in Japan. And at the end of that tour, Miles decided to make a change to uh, to, to the bass player. Um, and Vincent recommended me. Miles asked him, are there any guys in Chicago that I should hear? And Vince told him, yeah, you should hear, hear, hear Daryl. So they called me on the phone and Vince tells me over the phone, he says, Miles wants to hear you play over the phone. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, you know, at first I thought he was, at first I thought he was joking, but it ended up that he wasn't joking. Um, but I never did end up playing over the phone with Miles. I ended up flying to New York the next day 
and I and I played much better. And uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it was great. I mean, and I got a chance to meet Miles Davis. It was great. So uh, yeah, that was, uh, and I auditioned for him, and he hired me. So that was uh, a very special. Yeah, really special, special. I feel really incredibly blessed to have had that experience so early, so early in, in, in my career. And it changed everything uh, because Miles is so well respected that it's all, it's become a kind of credit card. I mean, a, or a calling card where when, um, when people ask me, well, who have you played with? And you say, well, <laughs> play with, play with Miles Davis. My traveling, well, of course, it began with Miles. We traveled all over Europe, all over Japan. Um, I never went to South America with Miles, but uh, of course, with Sting, we did also a world tour where we went everywhere. It's my first time being in uh, in South America. And uh, uh, and I met Keith Richards through um, Charlie Drayton and Keith, uh, 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 Charlie Drayton and Steve Jordan, yeah. who were in Keith's band. So I'd met both of, of them and some kind of way, you know, I got, yes, when they were, were looking, oh, actually a friend of mine called me and told me, he said, uh, listen, man, I think I heard that Bill Wyman is leaving the Stones. And I thought, well, man, of course, we've been hearing those rumors for years. And he said, no, I think he's <laughs> leaving this time. And he said, uh, should I try to find, you know, a phone number for Mick, you know, Mick, Mick Jagger's management or something. And he called me back and said, here's a number. And I ended up going to New York in, I guess that would have been May of 1993 to audition with the Stones and play through, you know, a lot of the hits, uh, you know, Honky Tonk and Brown Sugar and, and uh, uh, you know, a bunch of the, bunch of the well-known songs. And a few months later, I went back to uh, an audition with them again after they had written the music for Voodoo Lounge which was the, the first record that I played on. And it was then that they hired me to record that record. And, and during the recording of that record, they also asked me to, uh, to come on and, and go on tour with them. So that's basically how that happened. Um, cool. The recording process is, you know, basically the same. Um, we, they, they do like to, to learn the music a little bit um, and, and play through the songs a little bit more than when I first joined the band. There's a little bit of rehearsal to, to, to so that everybody can be comfortable enough to really come up with, you know, with cool parts and stuff. It's a pretty straightforward recording, um, uh, but we just try things. We do, you know, a few takes and try a few different things, uh, sit around, talk, you know, we'll listen. And, you know, Mick or Keith will say, well, let's try this or, you know, somebody will come up with an idea and we try that and just keep knocking at it until, until you come up with something that feels right. If people like it, I think that's part of the charm of it, that it was really just kind of off the cuff, which rock and roll should be. You know, it shouldn't be too exactly. well thought out. You know, it should be a little bit loose. And so I think that's probably what why, you know, people you say people really enjoyed it. I think that would be the reason why, because it was just loose. It wasn't so incredibly well rehearsed or well manicured, you know. 